0: open them up to Romans 15 and uh, I was like well Lord I guess they're going to have to get out of the lazy mode and actually look up the scriptures themselves (laughs) but it's working so all right you can take advantage of it all right oh hallelujah want to welcome all the visitors today those watching online Colorado Michigan uh Tulsa, Oklahoma. All right. Hallelujah. Romans 15. And I'm going to look at verse 13. Just one verse to kick this off. And it says this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I love that. Now... Listen, all week, all week, when, when I, when my, when I get done preaching on a Sunday, immediately my mind starts just thinking about next Sunday service, okay? So all week I, I'm, I'm getting in the Word, I'm getting into prayer, and I'm trying to zoom in to what the Holy Spirit would have me to speak the next time that I, I minister. And so as I was working here at the church on Friday, Elizabeth and I were briefly chatting over Yahoo Messenger. How many of you know what Yahoo Messenger is? All right, yeah. Some of you have pinged me on there before. All right. But anyway, she she caught me on Yahoo Messenger, and we were chat chatting. She was telling me something. And at the end of our online conversation, she asked me, what are you up to? And I told her that I was just reading the word and I was getting into prayer. And I, I just expressed to her how I was having just a wonderful time in the Lord, in, in reading the word and, and in prayer. And she typed something to me that the Holy Spirit used to inspire today's message. You want to know what she typed me? She said, well, have fun with Jesus. Have fun with Jesus. And immediately, the Holy Spirit spoke to me so clearly, to my heart, these words. He said, that is my will for my people. Come on, somebody. Come on. Hey, that is why God created us in the first place. To have intimate fellowship with Him. And the Holy Spirit brought this verse to my remembrance. Go to John chapter 15. Hallelujah. Say, have fun, have fun with Jesus. I love that. I love it when the Holy Spirit just comes and he, he breaks these dead traditions of man, these rel- dead religious mindsets, and he just breaks it down. Are you hearing me? It's powerful. Come on. Have fun with Jesus. John 15. Some of y'all need to hear this message today. John 15, 9 through 11. Listen to this. As the Father loved me, Jesus said, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. And that your joy may be full. See, Jesus said that my joy, Jesus called it his joy, the joy of the Lord. Say the joy of the Lord. Lord. That my joy may remain in you, the Christian, the believer. And and he didn't stop there, but he said that your joy might be full. He wants us to have full joy. Anything less is not going to do it. Amen? That is the will of God. To have full joy and that His joy would remain in us. Oh, Now that's something right there. Say remain. Remain. It's one thing to have it for a time. It's another thing to have it remain. Amen? And here's, listen to this. If you are lacking joy in your life today, as a Christian, I'm talking to Christians today. If you are lacking joy in your life today, there is a disconnection somewhere in your life. There's a, say, disconnection. disconnection. There's a disconnection somewhere in your life. Somewhere in the wire, it got clipped somewhere. And, and something ain't working properly. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to help connect those wires back together. Now, the Word of God says in Nehemiah 8.10, says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on. The joy of the Lord is your strength. First John 1 John 1.4 says this, I, I love this, and these things we write to you that your joy may be See, the Word of God is intended to fill you and I with joy. And why is that? How can the Word do that? Because the Word of God is a revelation of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I want my joy to be in you. And I want it to be full. I want it to remain in you. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. My, my, my. Now, how many of you would like to put a stop to Satan's plans for your life today? Right, right. Then you need to live a life of joy yes, sir. as a Christian. Yes, Alright? Satan and evil spirits are constantly on a mission to get you and I to take our eyes off of God and off of His Word in our natural circumstances. That's his mission. Their mission, rather. They want to pull us into discouragement, pull us into depression. We made the drug companies r- rich. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Right. You, you know, hey, this all comes down, everything comes back to the spiritual. Everything. Because you and I, we are first and foremost spiritual beings. Alright? Right. Right? And if that joy is lacking, in a Christian's life, there is a disconnection, there is some kind of spiritual root To that problem that we need to pull up. Alright? So, the enemy knows that it is our faith and joy in the promises of God that will allow us to overcome all the traps that they set for us. Listen to this statement. See if you agree with this. A joyless Christian is spiritually weak, powerless, and faithless. Right? Right? Because all joy is, is simply a fruit of faith. If you have faith, you have trust, you have steadfast confidence in the word. It's going to bring joy into your life. Now, so those individuals, the joyless Christian, they are either ineffective in, in doing or they're not even doing the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ at all. And both of those choices are a shame for a blood-bought child of God. Are you hearing me, somebody? Ah, Now, many Christians, they're complainers. And to put it bluntly, they are dead weight in the body of Christ. They are a hindrance to the promotion of the gospel instead of a promoter of it. Come on, here's a little slap from pastor today, all right? See, when we complain, we are telling God that you, God, you and your word, your promises, they are not good enough for me. And that, my friend, is called deception. Are you breathing today. <laughs> See, because the fact is, he is more than enough for us. He completes us. God completes us. That vital relationship, that union with him completes us. And now, many Christians view their walk with the Lord from a totally wrong angle, totally wrong point of view. They are burdened all the time. They are overwhelmed and they lose sight of the will of God for their life. Have you been there? Maybe you're there today. So today, I want to talk about the importance of and what it means to enjoy the Christian experience. I've entitled this message, Simply Enjoying the Christian Experience. But really, the Christian life is composed of many experiences. Amen? Not rituals. See, dead religious traditions of man That are not based on God's word are an enemy of God. They're an enemy of God. They're an enemy of your spiritual walk with the Lord. The Christian life though is a series of experiences. From the time you get saved. Until the time you go home to be with Jesus for eternity. Are you hearing me somebody? Because getting saved. Getting saved was just the first. Or the entry level experience into this adventure. I'm telling you right now, the Christian walk is an adventure. And if you haven't experienced that, that, experienced that yet, you've been missing out. Because there's nothing more exciting than living life for Jesus Christ and coming against the enemy, seeing people healed, seeing them set free, seeing them come on change for eternity. Hallelujah. I'm fired up today. But being a Christian should be the most joyous thing happening in your life right now. Not your job. Not if you're a Republican or a Democrat. And by the way, Republicans, Democrats, you are first and foremost a Christian. And your Christian walk should dictate your Republican-Democrat experience. Hello, somebody. Some of you would be changing parties right now. Are you hearing me? Come on. But being a Christian should be the most joyous thing happening in your life. The gathering of believers should be a joyful experience and not a funeral setting. Not a reenactment of a funeral. I hate that. Been there, done that, wore the t-shirt, and then I burned the t-shirt, and here I am today. (laughs) Woo, glory. Oh, man, I want to have a good time in the Lord, because I don't know if you know it or not, but Jesus Christ is alive and well. He's alive and well. Sure, we remember his death, burial, and resurrection, but come on, somebody, don't camp out there. He is alive and he is well. And Jesus is not some made-up character in a good bedtime story or Hollywood movie. He is real. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The word gospel means good news. Serving Jesus Christ on this earth should be viewed as an honor and not some burdensome thing. Come on now. Well, listen to this. You know, sometimes I hear people say, you know they, they're just crying and stuff and, and they say I've, you know they're, they're just so burdened I've just given so much up for Jesus I've I, I just given so much up for him you know and they're all they're troubled about this and I'm thinking in my head yeah sin and an eternity in, in the lake of fire you poor baby give me a stinking break come on somebody We've we got to screw our heads on straight here. Giving so much up for Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I could camp out on that. But you can see how people's thinking gets all twisted. When, when this should be the most joyous thing going on in our life. Hallelujah. And it's time for Christians to wake up and realize the treasures they possess through Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh. And so we, we, we should be the most joyous people on the planet, on this earth right now. But why are so many Christians lacking joy in their lives? Why does their Christian walk seem so dry, boring? And, and, and always a spiritual emptiness there. And, and they're walking around and they got the name Take Christian on. Why? What's going on? Well, let me show you what I believe to be one of the main reasons for this spiritual poverty in the lives of many believers. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I mean, come on. When we get out of a service like this, a gathering of believers, you should walk out. You should be better than what you were before you came. Amen. Yeah. I don't know about you, but when I attend a funeral, I'm sitting there crying like a baby. <laughs> Unless I'm doing the service, of course, then I got to kind of keep it together. But hey, look, I want to walk out of here on fire for Jesus. Yes. Yes. I want to walk out of here with more of a reality of the life of Christ living in me than before I came. Amen. Ah, Hallelujah. Matthew 6. 19 through 21. The words are in red. That means Jesus Christ is doing the speaking. He said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. He's saying don't put priority on these things. Uh, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. One of the main reasons that Christians are not enjoying the Christian experience on this earth is because they count the treasures of earth greater than the treasures of heaven. Come on. And, and their heart is disconnected from God and then they dry up spiritually. Now, did pastor just say that it's wrong to have earthly things? No, he did not. But it's wrong when those things have you. I I mean, we know there's millionaires who are better Christians than some people who are dirt poor. Are you hearing me, somebody? It's not wrong to have stuff, but it's wrong for stuff to have you over Jesus. Now, I'm not only talking about looking forward to the day that we enter into heaven. You know, a treasure of of uh, just looking to that day we're going to be with Jesus forever. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Absolutely. But I'm not just talking about that. I'm also talking about the treasures of heaven that we can partake on earth right now. Right now. I'll talk more about that in a moment. But Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There your affections will be also. Do you know what that tells me? That tells me that our thought life controls what your heart is holding on to. There it goes again, back to the thought life. What what are you meditating on all day? Uh, Is it just earthly things that are just going to... I mean, you're not going to take it with you. I, like I said before, I've never seen a U-Haul follow a hearse to the cemetery. For some reason, I haven't seen that yet. I'm sure someone will try it one day, but it's just not going to work. But Jesus was warning us as Christians to keep heavenly or spiritual things that are connected with him at the center of our thought life. And in doing so, we will maintain fellowship and communion with him. Listen to these quotes here. Listen, to this is powerful. It says, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn. That is why it is no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without a relationship with him. God cannot give us joy apart from himself because there is no such thing. True joy comes only from a relationship with Jesus Christ and he shares that joy with those who walk in fellowship with him. Isn't that good? My goodness, that is powerful. Here's another one. Listen to this. Worldliness and sin have nothing to offer in light of eternity. They both are a dead end road. The root of sin is the desire for our own happiness apart from God our creator. All sin comes from a desire to be happy cut off from the glory and presence of God. Think about that. That's what sin is. And that's why sin is so deceptive. It's saying you can have this joy apart from Jesus Christ. And that is deception. It just ain't going to happen. Amen? So we all need to take a spiritual inventory of our life as Christians. And we need to determine what have we been counting as treasure in our life? Think about that. What have we been counting as treasure in our life apart from Jesus Christ, apart from the Word of God? What is it? I, hey, listen to this. This is one way to check your spiritual temperature. Are you ready for this? Here we go. Bend over. Listen. Sorry, I had to. Listen to this. If God, sp- I had to wake some of you up out there, all right? <laughs> here here I'm going to take your spiritual temperature. If God spoke to you right now and he said this, if you give up your house, if you give up your money, or he he required something for you to give up in the natural that you enjoy. He said if you will give this thing up, this family member or this neighbor, this coworker will get saved. Would you do it for them? Oh, my goodness. Hey, that's pretty sobering, isn't it? Would you give up your house? Would you give up your house to see someone that you don't even like get saved? Well, I know someone who did do that because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for me, for us. Are you hearing me, somebody? He gave it all up. But guess what? He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. I'll tell you, we we really need to get this sowing and reaping thing in in, in our hearts deeper. Amen? Amen. Mm. So, do you value earthly riches more than the salvation of another person? Here's another truth. To really enjoy the Christian experience and to be filled with joy on this earth. There is no way around this one. In fact, this wasn't even in my notes. And when I was driving home from working on the sermon last night at like almost 10 o'clock, I I was driving home and all of a sudden, just in my heart, I heard the Holy Spirit say, add this one in. I said, all right, what is it, Lord? (laughs) You must be a giver. You must be a giver. If you're going to enjoy the Christian experience, you must be a giver. Go to Acts 20. This is a scripture the Holy Ghost gave me to bring up to you here. Acts 20. Say "giver." giver. Acts 20, 33 through 35 <clears throat> said this the apostle paul was saying this i have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel yes you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me i have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the lord jesus that he said here it is it is More blessed to give than to receive. Let's say that together. It is more blessed to give than to receive. We as Christians must be unselfish givers of our time, of our talents, of our gifts, of our money, everything we have. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, the Word of God says, which is your what? Reasonable service. Everything you are. Some of you are sitting on talents, and guess what? You're sinning. Because God gave you that talent to be used for the kingdom of God. Are you hearing me? And you need to operate in your giftings. But listen, you must be a giver. If you're going to enjoy the Christian experience, you must be a giver. The most joyful Christians that I know are known as givers to the kingdom of God, givers to the poor and needy. Listen, it's not an option. It's not an option. Without exception. The most joyful people, and I mean legitimate joy. I'm not just talking this masking joy where it's all fake. How many of you know there's some Christians who wear masks, they're totally broken inside, they're a mess, they, they try to act like they're smiley, giddy, and all this. You can see right through it, right? I'm talking about genuine Christians who are joyful, walking in the, the legitimate joyful, uh, joy of the Lord. They're givers. They are givers and so I'm telling you the, the Holy Ghost is trying to teach us today it's not an option our Lord Jesus is a giver and we need to follow in his footsteps because I don't know if you knew this or not but we as Christians are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ on this earth some of the most miserable people I know Christians they're selfish Really. And I mean, even looking back at my life, when the times when I've been, you know, down in the dumps and and all this stuff, I was selfish. Right? But it feels good to give, it feels good to pour out. Why? Because that's what we were created to do. Right? Say give. Another reason Christians are not enjoying their Christian experience and lacking joy, is found in the scripture that I began the service with. Romans 15. Go back there with me. Romans 15. I mean, there's someone, there's someone right now, I just can hear the Holy Spirit say it, that the Holy Spirit has been challenging someone and telling someone to give something to someone. And they've been thinking, wait a minute, I need this thing. Or, man, this is going to break me if I do this. But it's the Holy Ghost moving upon your heart. You need to just obey. That's what I'm saying. We need to get get a better revelation of sowing and reaping. Because what you sow, it's going to come back to you. Right? We need to just do it. Come on, people. We live once. We need to obey the Holy Ghost. And not only that, but that thing that you could give, who knows, that could spark off a, a domino effect of people getting born again. You don't know. What? I mean, what is it? What is it? Uh, 20 bucks the Lord's putting on your heart? Whatever. Or whatever it is. In the light of eternity, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Are you, you, you know, you're holding on to this thing, oh, I don't want to let this go, I don't want to let this go. It could mean someone, someone's eternity. To be delivered from the lake of fire. Who knows? One kind act. I'm telling you. (laughs) Just one kind act. One act of obedience is powerful. Romans 15, 13. Listen to this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Underline it. In believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit jumped right out at me when I seen this as I was studying this week for this. In believing. I want you to notice that you will only be filled with joy and peace in believing. That is talking about faith. Say faith. Faith. You want some joy and peace? Brother, sister, you got to run into the tower of faith because that's where it's at. And you've been trying to do some things In the flesh, in the natural, you've been trying to birth a whole bunch of Ishmaels. Hello, somebody. But it's found in faith. Faith is such an important ingredient in whether or not you're going to enjoy your Christian experience on this earth. And how many of you know, faith is a choice. Say that with me. Faith is a choice. It is. It's not, There. there is the gift of faith where God drops the ability to believe for a miracle or something. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the other kind of faith, personal faith. Faith is a choice. You can choose to believe. You can choose not to believe. Will you choose to believe God or not? Will you choose to draw strength from the promises in the word of God or not? I mean, I, I've heard some people uh, about topics in the Word of God such as divine healing and deliverance and all these things. I, I've heard some people say, I just can't believe it. Yeah, you ever heard that? Well, that, that's just an ignorant statement and I'll show you why. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. That's just an ignorant statement that that individual has no idea what they're talking about. Because that person is not a robot. Hello, somebody. They have a free will. They choose to believe or not. If I tell you to go meet me over at Benigan's after church today, I want to give you $1,000. You have a choice to believe me or not. If you believe me, you're going to show up. But I'm not going to be there. (laughs) All right. All right. Hebrews 4, 2. All right. Listen to this, for indeed the gospel, the good news, was preached to us as well as to them. He's talking about the children of Israel when they're in the wilderness, in the in the wilderness complaining to God. But, listen to this, but the word which they heard did not profit them. Why not? Well, why not? Not being mixed with faith in those that heard it how many of you know I could sit here at all the healing services all I want all the ones that we had I bring up evidence from the Word of God that healing is the will of God God does not want you sick with disease or or infirmity God wants you to live an abundant life John 10 10 scripture is clear as that but then you still have people say I don't buy it because you fool. You chose not to believe the word of God. Hello? And that is foolish. Amen? The fact is this. You can hear all the promises God has to offer through Jesus Christ. But if you don't mix faith with that knowledge, it will not profit you at all. Say Profit. How many of you here want to profit spiritually? I do. Well, then you got to take, when you read the word, you got to mix something with your knowledge. And it's called faith. See, a, a lack of faith will grieve the Holy Spirit and it will cut your source of joy. Look at Hebrews eleven six. Go there with me. Very popular verse here. Oh, you know, people get mad all the time. All this faith talk, all you faith preachers, all these faith preachers. Well, we serve a faith God. And if you don't think so, you're committing idolatry because you're creating a God to suit your own mind. Hello, somebody. Hebrews 11.6 says this, But without faith, it is impossible to please him, God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is the reality of God. And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Amen. Oh my. See, God is looking for childlike faith in His children. It don't matter if you're, if you're 11 years old. don't matter if you're, you're 80, 90, 100. You live to be 120, 130. God requires childlike faith. Right. And I'll tell you right now. That childlike faith, if you're going to come to that place in your spiritual walk with the Lord, you've got to bypass your natural mind. It's going to seem foolish to your natural mind, but you've got to bypass it. Amen? It takes humility to come to that place in your life. Say humility. And that verse also says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Say diligent. Diligent. The word diligent, if you open up the Webster's Dictionary or look it up online, this is what you will find about the word diligent. Characterized by steady, earnest, and energetic effort. (laughs) Well, we could preach this all day. Characterized by steady, earnest, and energetic effort. Again, What is your treasure? And when you determine what your treasure is, guess what? There's your heart also. Now, go to uh, Psalm 37. I want to show you a verse that always blows me away when I read it. Psalm 37... And I want to look at verses 3 through 4. I'm talking today about enjoying the Christian experience on this earth. We should be enjoying this ride. We should be enjoying this journey. Not riding through the desert with a horse with no brains. (laughs) It's an inside joke with Elizabeth and I. (laughs) All right. Well, just to let you know so you don't think, so you don't, well, there's a Christian comedian, and he was just kind of making fun of how there's certain songs, and sometimes we try to sing along to songs, and you don't know the words, but you just make up your own words to fit in the rhythm. <laughs> and he did one that said that, all right? So anyways, now you know. You know, in my 30 years of life on this earth, I've come to one conclusion. I am a geek. Okay, I, Hey, I am really, I, I love to have fun. I love to have fun, all right? Anyways, Psalm 37, uh, 3 through 4. A- and it says this, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. That always blows me away. God promises that if we trust in him and do good, be a doer of the word, we feed on his faithfulness, we draw strength from him, and we delight ourselves in the Lord, that he will give us the desires of our heart. Now, is that not powerful? Say, I'm gonna Ah. delight myself in the Lord. I love reading the word. word. It is fun. It It tastes like honey to my spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give give you the desires of your heart. But what he's saying there is, this is the catch right here. That he must be first. He must be the priority in our life. Delight yourself in. What have you been delighting yourself in? When we come to that place in our Christian experience that we are delighting ourselves in the Lord, there's a connection between our heart and God's heart. Hello, somebody. There's a connection is made. Say connection. connection. What happens when you connect with the heartbeat of God? What happens is God's desires... Become your desires. You know, that's always one of my prayers is, Lord, let me, like when I'm ministering also, Lord, let me feel toward this individual the way that you feel toward him. Say connection. Connection. We need a connection to be made with the heart of God. And that's why 1 Corinthians 6.17 says this, He that is joined, connected, unified with the Lord is one spirit with Him. This is talking about being in unity with the heart of God. And that's when we will truly begin to enjoy the journey of this Christian life. That's when it really becomes fulfilling and the intentions of God for creating us come to fruition. Again, do you want to stop the plans that Satan and evil spirits have for your life today? then start delighting yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself. Don't delight yourself in in the worldliness. Don't delight yourself in that junk. Delight yourself in the Lord. Satan and evil spirits hate that. Absolutely hate that. And if you're not pleasing to God, I'm telling you, you're just simply not going to experience the fullness of His blessings, including His joy. All right? Now, as I'm getting ready to close out, I just briefly—I mean, I just want to touch on just real quickly. Uh, want to talk about heavenly treasures that we can experience on earth as Christians? All right. Obviously, I don't have time to elaborate on on all the benefits today. So all I did is I just picked a few, and I'm just going to say a couple comments on each. All right. Can you handle that? Come on, brother. All right. So, you see, I just want to help screw your head on straight this morning to understand that. We have things that are more precious than our bank account. Some of our bank accounts don't amount to anything anyways. But um, uh, some of of our our things are more important than our we. Amen? Uh, So, but whatever it is that you had your treasure in, there's something more precious than that. Amen? So what heavenly treasure do we have that will help us to enjoy the Christian experience? First of all, very simply basic Christianity 101 stuff here. We have the Word of God. Yes, sir. See, the Word of God is not just a good book. It is the book. I mean, it is the, the very thoughts of God, our Creator, put on paper to show mankind how to get back in relationship with Him. Think about that. God is the author of the Word of God. God. Not man. God simply used man as a scribe to write it down. That's it. Thank you. One amen over here. Can I have a two? Can I have a three? Can I have a... I'm telling you, this is so scary, people. People who are walking around, they call themselves Christians, yet they put very little value on the Word of God. They'll exalt a Harry Potter book over the Word of God. What an abomination. By the way, Harry Potter is nothing more than witchcraft 101. If you got it, you need to dump it, you need to burn it. Hello, somebody. All right. Someone needed to hear that this morning. But God used man to simply simply as a scribe to put it on paper. The Bible, the word of God, is perfect, it's infallible. there's no mistakes. There's no contradictions. None. It's perfect. And people, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, here's two verses. It, it, this contradicts. And you know what the problem is? The problem's not with the word. The problem's with your understanding about those two scriptures. That's right. And I guarantee you, you pray on that thing and you wait on God. And I guarantee you, he will show you the connection between the two. And it's in perfect unity. Perfect unity. The, the word of God is perfect. We can put our life on it. Amen? Amen. The very words contained in the Bible. Think about this: we're birthed in heaven. Think about that. In fact, I mean, they even talk about Bible codes. The Bible codes. How many of you heard about that? Where in the original language they they uh, you know I I, I, I don't want to confuse anyone, but they they pick a letter and then they skip so many. Uh, letters and and all this and these computers are doing this, well they have found uh, certain events that have taken place in history buried in the word of God. There's videos out on it. Grant Jeffrey has a great one on it. I have one, I I should probably show it on a Wednesday or, or Sunday sometime. But it's powerful. But the very words contained in the Bible were not birthed on earth, but in heaven. It is, the Bible is a heavenly book. And Satan and evil spirits know this truth. Sadly, better than some Christians. And that is why the enemy fights so hard to discredit the Word of God and to take it out of society. They know it's a supernatural book that's anointed by the Holy Spirit and it has the power to change hearts. It has power to change lives. Amen? And if you are a Christian today, you need to highly exalt, highly value, and treasure the Word of God in your life. Amen. Highly. Highly. And I'll and I, and I I'll step out and I even say this, if you don't treasure the word of God, you think this book is just an ordinary book, just no better than 20,000 leagues under the sea, uh, you know, yeah, they have some errors in it. Guess what? You are not a Christian. You are not a follower of Jesus Christ if you believe that. Psalm 19. There he goes, being bold again. Well, someone needs to get slapped in the face with that. Because uh, you you may be the one when you walk up on Judgment Day and Jesus said, depart from me. I never knew you. Why? Because all you're doing was discrediting my word. Are you hearing me? For some reason, God takes this personally. Amen? Amen. All right. Psalm 19, 8-10. through 10. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear or respect or reverence of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Oh, how many people would choose gold If someone came in here and just stacked a whole bunch of gold to the ceiling and I put the word of God over here, how many of you know we'd have a lot of people going toward that gold? But but the word of God says that this word is more to be desired than gold or money. Yea, than much fine gold it says, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. According to verse 8, if your heart is right toward God, the statutes or commandments in the word of God should make your heart rejoice. But you know what? If your heart isn't right toward God, guess what it's going to do? Oh, oh, I don't want to hear that. Oh, I don't want to hear How many of you know what I'm talking about? You all been there? We, we, we've had something in our life and we, we, we hear a, a pastor preaching it. Some bold, obnoxious preacher preaching it. And, uh, or we just read it in the word. You know, and and it's just like, oh, oh, you just want to close the Bible because it just shined the light on the darkness in your life. Right? But if your heart is right toward God, it's like, yeah, that's awesome, Lord. Oh, man, you just felt like you took a spiritual shower. Amen. The fact is we should enjoy reading and studying God's Word. It will take us higher spiritually and bring us closer to the Lord. Quickly, go to Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23. Say spiritual shower. I like that. Don't you? Hi. Some of y'all are stinking out there. <laughs> Spiritual shower would be in order, amen? All right, now, Jeremiah 23, I don't know who you are, by the way, I'm just throwing that out there, all right? If you're convicted, great, it's you, okay? Now, uh, <laughs> or are you watching online, all right, no. Jeremiah 23, 29, it says this, is not my word like a fire? says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Oh, I like that. The word of God is like a fire that purifies us. And the word of God, it says, is like a hammer, that and it breaks the pieces, the hard places of our heart. Amen? It's a tenderizer. It's a tenderizer. It might not get softened the first time you hear it, but just keep putting yourself in that environment keep putting yourself in that anointing it will get tender amen so again to enjoy the christian life you must exalt and value the written word of god secondly what other treasure do we have we have prayer say prayer prayer Prayer, let me just simplify this prayer is simply communication with god It's not a ritual where you rub some rocks together and repeat an annoying phrase 30 times. Are you hearing me? All right, some of you know what I'm talking about. All right. Prayer is a dialogue. You are talking to God, and God is talking to you. Now, when I say God is talking to you, I'm not necessarily saying that, that you're gonna hear the audible voice of God, although God can do that, right? Because last time I checked, He's God. And that has happened, right? But I mean I'm talking about when you're praying how many of you know he'll speak to you through impressions sometimes. He'll throw a picture in your mind or something or or you know you're you you just you're just in constant communication with God. You're you're always open to receiving from him. You might be walking down a sidewalk and and you see um, a flower and he gives you some kind of a spiritual lesson just by revelation. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Prayer is simply communication with God, all right? So, uh, you know, we just got to be conscious of that fact. I mean, prayer is is, is such a huge topic. But just know that prayer is not just your wish list. It is communication with God. John 14. Go there quickly. Uh, Pastor, I just don't know how to pray. Just talk to him. Just, just like I'm talking to you here. Talk to him. God, you know, God don't care if you raise your voice, right? God don't care if, if you're, you, you whisper to I mean, just have a heart that's open to him. That's all he wants. And let him speak back. Let him minister to you. Uh, John 14, 13 and 14, Jesus said these words, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Whenever we ask anything in the name of Jesus or ask anything, what it's saying, ask anything according to the will of God or ask anything uh, when we are in unity with the heart of God, Jesus promised us you will receive that thing. Now, either he's telling the truth or he's lying. And I'm going to step on the side of uh, he's telling the truth. Amen. <laughs> we need to treasure prayer. The Word of God says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says, pray without ceasing. Now, so some of you just thought prayer was a wish list. So when you've seen 1 Thessalonians 5.17, that says, pray without ceasing. Some of you are thinking... Oh man, okay, uh, Lord, I want this car, I want that. Well, God, God, how am I supposed to do my job? How am I supposed to work? Uh, it says pray without ceasing. If I'm praying and I'm ceasing, I must be sinning. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> All it's talking about is being open to God. Just communication with Him. Well, even if you're not saying a word, it's just having an open heart toward Him without ceasing. See, it's when we cease having an open heart toward God is when we get into trouble. Hello, somebody. That's what it means. It's not a ritual thing. That's why it says pray without ceasing. So pray without ceasing, then, if you look at it in that light, that reveals to me that God wants us To maintain that line of communication on a continual basis. Pray without ceasing. Hello, that's God who says that to us. That is an open invitation from our Creator. I don't know about you, but that excites me. That excites me. That excites me. That really excites me. Wow, that is exciting. All right, thank you. Tough crowd. We're almost done, people. Hang in there. (laughs) Hang in there. I feel like I'm riding through the desert with a horse with no brains here. Come on. (laughs) Now, listen, God desires for his children to take pleasure in fellowshipping with him. Just spending time with him. Just time. That's all he wants. Just spend time with him. Maybe it's just laying on your bed and thinking about him. Just spend time with him. All right, can you do that? All right, last point. Along with the word, along with prayer, comes the last treasure I want to mention. What's the the last treasure I want to talk about that we have on this earth that will make our Christian experience enjoyable on this earth? And it is the presence of God. It is the presence of God. There's nothing like the presence of Almighty God. Go to Psalm 16. Yeah, but Pastor James, uh, God's everywhere. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the manifest presence of God. I'm talking about the glory of God. And if you've never experienced it, ooh, you're missing out. Hold on now. Psalm 16, verse 11, is my last scripture, all right? And it says this You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy and your right hand are pleasure at your right hand are pleasures forevermore wow. when you start experiencing the presence of god in your life you will truly begin as this says to experience the fullness of joy I, i'm telling you and i know what some are thinking right now i know what you're thinking if you have never experienced the presence of the Lord before, the manifest presence of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, it probably isn't a big deal to you right now. And on the inside you're thinking, yeah, whatever. But I'm telling you right now, when you get a taste of His manifest presence, nothing else will do. Nothing else will satisfy you. Now, uh, how many of you know who were here during that two weeks of prayer and, and when we had prayer times, how many, how many of you here have experienced the manifest presence of God? Absolutely. Absolutely. How was it? I, it's electric. I mean, it feels like you're walking in a cloud. It feels like electricity going through your body. I, 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 I'm trying to put it in, in earthly terms, but you just can't justify what it's like. Right. If you've never done that, I'm telling you, how, how do you get into the, the manifest presence of God? One way to do it is just close your door, turn on praise music, and you press in. Yeah, and the glory of the Lord will fill that place. You keep pressing in. I'm telling you, if, if you're not used to it or... Or, or whatever, you know what? It might take you an hour or two of just pressing in, just praising the Lord. Jesus, I love you, you are awesome, and I'm telling you, be vocal. Oh, yeah. uh, just just be open to him. I, I guarantee you, His manifest presence will show up in that place. We've <laughs> sensed it in services before. I, I'm just it's awesome. And I know I'm not doing justice up here behind the pulpit talking about it, but just trust me on this one. There is a greater level that we as Christians can walk in, in the power of God, in presence of God, and that is what we at RCC are striving to do. Amen? So I covered a lot of angles today, but what I really want you to take home with you today is this. Relax and have fun with Jesus. Yes, amen let's stand up in this place enjoy the journey enjoy the ride hallelujah oh I feel the presence of God right now now maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life you're on the outside you're looking in you're like Pastor James I'm listening to you I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying and it sounds great but how how do I get there what, how do I make Jesus Lord of my life and you I'm glad you asked. I want you to come forward this morning. I just want to personally pray with you. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. We're talking about your eternal destination. I just want to lead you through a prayer up here. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, come forward. Those of you watching online, if you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, just simply pray this prayer. Mean it with your whole heart. Not lip service. You mean it with your whole heart. God I am a sinner but I believe that Jesus Christ is your son he died on the cross shed his blood for me he was buried and he rose from the dead three days later and it's that Jesus that I make Lord and Savior of my life right now if you've done that if you said that those words you're born again someone here Someone here needs to make Jesus Lord of their life, and I want to—I want to just talk with you, pray with you up here. You've never done that. Maybe there's someone in here you—you frankly—you said, you know, I said the sinner's prayer before. It's been a while, Pastor. But let me ask you this: If you died, if you dropped dead right now, do you have confidence that you would go to heaven right now? And if your answer is no, you need to meet me up here. And I want to just pray a prayer of rededication with you today. Because it's too big of a gamble. We're talking about your eternity. Say eternity. We're talking about your eternity. Maybe there's someone in here, you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You need to. It's not a charismatic thing. It's not a Pentecostal thing. It's a Bible thing. Hello. And. If you truly have a heart for God, you're going to want everything that God has for you. Are you hearing me, somebody? Don't don't come to me and say that God don't care about, you know, hey, if I want to reject the Holy Ghost baptism, God understands. No, He doesn't. He wants you to have everything that He has for you because it will make you more effective to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Holy Spirit baptism. Meet me by the drum set. Do you need a prayer for healing? Physical, emotional, whatever it is. Anything else, meet me up here. The rest of you, I'm just going to open the altar. If you want to worship the Lord, come on up. Have your liberty. Dance, shout, whatever it is. Amen? And those of you watching online, type in your your prayer request in the chat room, and I'll be praying with you in a moment. He is the Lord.
1: He is the Lord. Love is here. Love
2: is now. Love is pouring from his hands, from his brow. Love is
0: Gabby, yes, my mom wants us to continue to pray for my cousin, absolutely. Uh, in the name of Jesus, Gabby, I command every bit of cancer to leave your body. And Lord, we are believing for a good report, the report of the Lord. For Gabby, we speak strength into her body, strength into every organ. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, there's someone who wants to be anonymous and they want me to pray for their eyes to be open to everything in, in in their life. Father, I just pray that you would help this individual see the treasure that you have locked up inside them. And Lord God, that they would get closer to you. And that Lord, with your help, the key would be turned. And the treasures would be unlocked. And you would use this individual. That their eyes would be open. Their spiritual eyes and ears would be open to a greater dimension, Lord God. That you would take them higher in Jesus' mighty name. And we pray for Mishi right now. Mishi is watching. We pray for her right hand. She had uh, a surgery on her right hand. So, right now, Mishi, in the name of Jesus, I loose the healing virtue of the Lord Jesus Christ through that right hand. And I say, Lord, I pray that this would be a speedy recovery, that every part of that hand would be put in proper position, proper order, the pain would leave. And that she would be able to use that hand quickly in the name of Jesus. So fill that place with your presence and with your glory, Lord, that she will be able to get back and do what you've called her to do in Jesus' name. Pastor George's wife, uh, Joy, uh, that she would be able to get a visa by spring for her to come and visit Big Rapids in the summer. That would be great. Father, we lift Joy up to you right now. Lord God, I just pray the favor of God all over that woman and her ministry. And I pray that she would be able to get the, the visa by this spring, speedily, quickly, that she would be able to come and have a safe trip to Michigan and back, Father God, that you would use her mightily. Lord, the, and I pray that you would mend her broken heart, Pastor George's family who have been mourning the death of Pastor George. Lord, just mend their brokenness, Lord, and use them in a greater way than they could ever ask or think in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Um...